0: Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today for our current mood combo, we are going to be joined with Tony Marinucci, who is a registered dietitian, public speaker, coach and author. She is the business owner of Tips with Tony, who ironically teaches people how not to diet. Her team provides online nutrition coaching to help women break free from the all or nothing mindset and encourage balance instead. So her mission is to end restrictive diet culture by providing just simple tips to healthy living while incorporating foods you love so we talk about everything from health goals that aren't just about food but definitely the mindset around food and how to take lessons from all these fad diets if you're going to do them which ones to leave in the past what to take with you there's only a slight trigger warning that will be in the show notes and i will obviously pause before it's very quickly we do talk about an eating disorder at one point so i wanted to mention that for you guys but besides that we had a lot of fun To lighten the mood we talk about duty okay so i think you guys are really going to like it and learn a lot but before that let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week so my best mood of the week was basically just continuing to tell myself that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to be okay just really kind of focusing on being super gentle with myself not being in a rush to feel a certain way accepting what i was feeling in the moment and not just reading too much into it i think that no matter what i was feeling throughout the entire week whether it was cranky or irritable or sad or okay or fine everything was just okay and i just kept telling myself that i don't need to make this something i don't need to make this bigger than what it actually is because sometimes you don't have to overanalyze sometimes you just can be okay and know that You don't have to make it worse than it already is. You don't have to let it continue on, but you're not going to be happy all the time. And you're not going to be sad all the time. And it's okay to feel what you're feeling. And I say that because my worst mood of the week was just a few days, I would just wake up and I was just so like cranky, not in the mood just like bad mood vibes, like straight up, that's it. I have nothing else to describe it as, but instead of making it a thing, I just told myself that it was okay. And so I kind of felt like that on Friday and Saturday, but then Sunday I actually felt okay. And I was just like, oh, thank God. And Monday I was fine. And then today I woke up cranky and I clearly am just like in a little bit of a funk and a little bit of a mood, but instead of like freaking out, digging myself into a hole, My best mood is, is that I let myself feel my feelings. I told myself it was okay, no matter if I was okay or not okay, because both are sometimes equally as scary. And that helped me get over my obviously worst mood, which was some days I just woke up and I wasn't in the mood. So I allowed myself to just really be gentle with myself. I wasn't like, okay, you gotta get up, you gotta get going, whatever. I just kind of wasn't in a rush this week. I was just very much listening to my body, accepting what was happening in my mind and taking things with the next right action and just not being too hard on myself. And it definitely allowed me to not spiral. It didn't allow me to jump to conclusions. It just made what could have been a bad week okay. And I think that sometimes that's a win. It's okay to just be okay, to not be, oh my God, amazing, or oh my God, so depressed and anxious. Sometimes you're just okay and it's fine. And it is what it is. And so that was kind of my mindset throughout this week as i was just dealing with these like ups and downs and unsure feelings and just rolling with the punches of the moods because one second i was fine the next second i was cranky and i needed a break and i said you know what you're okay you're gonna take a break and then i was fine again so it was just this like annoying mini roller coaster of just meh moods but i allowed myself to Take the time, be gentle, no guilting, no shaming, but especially no spiraling, over analyzing, turning nothing into something. As you guys know, I just got a bunch of article furniture delivered to me. You guys really liked the couch. I got a new bed. I've just always been their number one fan for a million different reasons. But it's the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. Their direct-to-consumer company combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. So Articles' team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. So just because you're getting these amazing fair prices, I mean, you save up to literally... 30% over traditional retail prices, it's because Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. So when you go online and you see a variety of modern design aesthetics like mid century, Scandinavian, industrial, bohemian, and you're like, oh my God, this stuff is absolutely gorgeous. Why is it so much more affordable? It's because of that. And they have fast, affordable shipping available across the USA and Canada and is free on orders over $999. The best part, and you guys always ask me what my article code is, so please listen up. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash mood, and the discount code will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more now let's jump into mood boosters my first mood booster this week was these little just different snack packs of different nuts i got The Hue Hunks, which are just absolutely amazing. It's the brand HU. And I have their like chocolate covered almonds and then their chocolate covered cashews. And they are just absolutely on a different level than any other chocolate covered anything. And so that's kind of like my sweetest one. And then I got these new ones that are called Daily Crunch. I got them from Foxtrot if you're in like Chicago or Dallas or wherever else they have Foxtrot. And they have these like mini, mini bags and then they have the bigger bags, but they're these sprouted almonds, which are really good if you don't know anything about like sprouted almonds, they're actually like taste a lot better too, but they're like better for you in some way, shape or form. And I just had all these little different kind of like snack packs around the house because sometimes I like, I don't know, picking things up one at a time. This is when you realize that food is like clearly so mental, which we'll talk about. And it's all about mindset. But I think it's just because I liked having these like little snacks around the house to boost my mood, give me energy because you guys know that I said I was super motivated with work and food is fuel for your brain, for energy, for everything like that. And I needed just stuff in the house that I could grab quickly. I didn't have time necessarily always to like order or make something right away. And so as I was kind of getting back into my groove, I just ordered all these like different little snack packs and it was such a mood booster because it got me from one thing to the next thing in a sense of work. And also it was just like such a nice little treat to be able to snack on something while I work. And I've just been really obsessed with almonds lately. My next mood booster is, uh, I I haven't done one of these in a while, but I think it's because I've been so chaotic lately, but it's getting these little bins from Target. And I have this mindset that's very bad. And it is that I think I don't need to make anything perfect until my situation or myself or something is perfect. It sounds so stupid when I say it out loud, but I always thought that since I didn't spend all my time in Chicago, I didn't need to have, you know, all of my standards of living in order. And you know what? It was really the last straw for me was when my little brother came over and was like, that is such a Lauren nightstand because it just had so much crap on it. And I was (laughs) Like that is so rude because I am so organized and clean. And also it always drove me crazy anyway. And I cannot explain to you what getting these two little freaking bins at Target and putting one as like a medicine bin and like CBD and stuff. And then the other as like my night rituals, if you listen to the podcast, you know that's kind of like nail file, foot cream, essential oil, different stuff like that, that I do like hand cream, stuff that I kind of do before I go to bed. And I separated them and they weirdly slide right under the bed, literally seeing my nightstand with just a glass of water and my alarm clock on it. And knowing that everything's in the bins has boosted my mood, I literally walked out of my room this morning and was just like, that looks so great. And it's one of those things where it's like, why don't you do it sooner? What were you waiting for type of thing? And my justification is always something really stupid. I'm just like, oh, I don't need to do it now. I can do it one day when I have the perfect house of my dreams and everything's amazing and perfect. And then I'll do it. And it's just, like, why would you not boost your mood now if you can? I mean, there's some stuff obviously that you don't know. I mean, there's some stuff obviously that you can't do. If you live in an apartment and you want a backyard, that's going to boost your mood. I'm not saying go make a backyard in your apartment. But I'm just saying like there's little things that it's kind of just worth it to invest the time and the energy into yourself. Because although time flies you can have those little moments that make such a difference of boosting your mood. And if you're someone like me that has like ADHD and just clutter and all this stuff, like I just have so many little things that I have to do to keep myself sane that in clearly it's some stuff that's so silly as getting bins at target, but I cannot tell you the amount of joy that it's bringing me. So Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, whatever her name is, she was not kidding spark. Joy. My next mood booster has been, although I'm freezing cold, making myself put on more than just a grow fit. And I saw something about this on Instagram. Someone said the other day, maybe we should stop wearing pajamas as fashion. And don't get me wrong. I love wearing sweatpants. I love all that stuff. But I think that I've gotten way too comfortable in the past few years of literally only wearing sweatpants and exclusively if i don't have plans to seriously go out to a restaurant that is nice i will be wearing sweatpants pretty much anywhere i'm going that's kind of why i barely ever have anything to post on instagram but i'm a firm believer in a sense of i don't want to just like make up stuff to post on instagram i like just posting real stuff But it's gotten to the point where I just I need to do it for myself and I'm not doing anything crazy. It's more so just I literally got in the car with my mom the other day and I said, look, I'm not wearing pajamas. I'm wearing black leggings with a cashmere sweater and a cute scarf and my hair is in a clip. Like it's just kind of putting yourself together a little bit. And I think that this might be a personal problem in a sense of I don't think it's a pandemic problem because I've even seen my friends at certain points being back in Chicago. And, you know, a lot of them work from home or not as much in the past few months, but they had been. I'd be like, why are you wearing jeans? You know, and it's clearly because... I've gotten way too comfortable not looking presentable, not putting myself together and just being lazy. And I'm nowhere near where um, I probably should be. But I think admitting it is the first step to on the road to recovery of being addicted to sweatpants and pajamas. And I'm still going to be a sweatpant lover. I'm s- still going to wear it all the time. But I think if I'm leaving the house, I have to go back to that rule, which I've mentioned in the past of. I need to look presentable. I need to feel good about myself. And it's just a bigger mood booster. When you feel good about yourself, you look good and you'll have fun. Feel good, look good, have fun, have fun, look good, feel good. That's it for mood boosters this week because I'm just way too triggered from my candle exploding in my apartment last night to do any other like home, fun, cozy mood boosters because it was absolutely traumatizing and absolutely horrible. I'd say my only other mood booster this week is being extremely gentle with myself because it has been a weird freaking week and it ended with me almost burning my apartment down last night. So that's all she wrote for mood boosters today. Once I get over this candle trauma, what I'm so excited about is Jenny Kane. I mean, listen, you guys decorating home isn't always easy and this year you need to trust the expertise of Jenny Kane home to curate the space of your dreams. We just talked about updating your space in terms of organization, but there's other stylish mood boosters that are interior essentials and Jenny Kane knows exactly how to do it. You guys I've been such a big fan for so long. So this is absolutely so exciting. Her aesthetic is just literally how I described that one day, perfect dream home. It's so effortless, California, and cozy, genuinely cozy. It's all kind of those like neutral colors that I love. There's just literally, I feel like it's such a good, almost like gender neutral, age neutral, just so so perfect i'm literally obsessed i've been eyeing the bed that she came out with because it is absolutely the perfect forever home piece and i'm so excited i got her pillows which i've been eyeing for so long you have no idea i almost put them on my christmas list last year not this past year last year and the bed is linen and busil and it's kind of like elevated yet it's enduring so it's able to evolve with any design choice and it obviously has classic colors like ivory and charcoal and just timeless fabrics that work with any bedroom style so you're gonna have this for years and years and years that's what i absolutely love about jenny kane home jenny home creates california inspired classics for any room or mood grounded in natural textures inviting neutrals these are pieces you'll love coming home to if you can't get enough of jenny kane like me you can join jenny kane rewards enjoy exclusive perks and benefits like birthday surprises early access to new launches plus earn up to 10 percent back on all purchases join today and you'll actually get a hundred points i'll be doing that and what you should be doing is create the space you'll never want to leave at jennykane.com get 15 percent off your first order when you use code mood at checkout that's 15 percent off your first order at dot com promo code mood. Okay, you guys, let's jump into our current mood combo with Tony. You guys are going to absolutely love her voice of an angel, tips of a goddess, story of a mastermind. Please welcome Tony to the podcast. Okay, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you are an educated queen who has Aww. been in the biz for so long. And if my followers don't know you, let's get like the whole backstory of how you got to be Tips with Tony.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you for your kind words. I've actually started Tips with Tony back in college many, many years ago. Um, I look really young for my age. So people always are like, How you many years? <laughs> Um, so uh, for, for context, I'm 31. So not I not. was in, I uh, am. Yeah. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so in my junior year of college, I remember sitting around a bunch of dietetics majors as well as a dietetics major, I knew I wanted to be a dietitian. And I'll tell you why in a second. And um, everyone around me was kind of like complaining about, Oh, can you believe she's doing this fad diet again? Can you, did you see this ad? Like, it's so crazy. They're cutting out carbs again. And it's like, don't they know that it's just going to be an like a, like a dead end and like a terrible method of trying to lose weight. And that's when it like really hit me. Cause first of all, I used to do that. So like, that's why I became, I wanted to become a dietitian. Cause like I tried to lose weight in the most extreme ways. And then like, yeah, I learned, but it took time to learn that. And so I was like, okay, instead of being around these people who are complaining about it, I want to do something about it. And I don't want to do it in a way of like, I'm going to go on the internet and bash why this is bad and why you shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. But more so I want to be a reliable resource to educate people about nutrition and how to eat in a more balanced way, in a more mindful way, in a more um, like way to honor your body kind of a way. So I started Tips of Tony as a blog. I'll never forget my very first video was like, how to eat, why, like why whole grains are better or like why to eat whole grains or something like that. And um, I put it up on YouTube. It took me like a, a day and a half to create and it was the worst video ever, but <laughs> I did it. And basically like long story short, that turned into, then I had like a Facebook page. Then I went into um my graduate year, I have a master's in nutrition and I was, you know, becoming a registered dietitian at that point. I was in my internship and I decided to create my Instagram account. And so for years, then I got a blog, had a blog. So like for years, I just provided free nutrition information because I felt like it was so needed in today's yeah. like diet culture ridden society. Um, and then I worked for like a bunch of different people, eating disorder centers, clinical settings, daycares, all the things. And I one day was like, all right, I'm helping everyone in these different places, but I'm not really getting to the person I want to help, which was people like me. Like I grew up overweight, insecure, uh, wanting to lose weight was always on my mind. I did the craziest things as early as the age of nine years old, exercising excessively, which led to like um, then changing my eating habits and eating in secret. And just this whole, whole big thing that started at nine, went, got really bad into my teens. And then I would say the healing journey started to happen like towards the later half of college. And uh, eventually I healed my relationship with food and my body, but it was not easy and it took a long time. And I knew that I wanted to be in a position where I can help people proactively rather than like when they have an eating disorder or when it's almost too late. So I decided to take tips with Tony and turn it into a business and do online nutrition coaching. And now here we are, you know, years later. And now I actually have a team of dietitians wow. uh, who are helping, helping with that process as well. And it's just such a
0: cool thing to see. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that obviously... When you seek out to help people, because it comes from a place within yourself, because you know, you're almost being that person that you wish you had when you were younger. And maybe it took you longer, but it's because you became that person, right? And now yeah. you're able to pay it forward. And even just like following your Instagram, I literally was like, wait, what? Really? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's you're that resource of explaining things to me that I didn't know, which obviously I wrote down and we'll get to you later. But it really, I, I love getting that information. And I love how your approach is very kind of like healing your relationship to food, gaining self-confidence and finding balance in your eating habits. Because when you hear dietitian or when you hear diet and stuff, it's it almost is just, I, feel, I felt even, you know, before recording this podcast, I'm like, I want to make sure that even in the title, I don't, you know, feel like I'm like triggering people or that people are going to get the wrong idea of what this episode is going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so is that kind of how you like, do you feel like that's kind of something you're always conscious of with your content and with your clients? Like, how does that play a role in your life? Because it is so taboo now, like even just the word diet. Yeah,
1: It's, it's upsetting. And it's frustrating because the word diet has gotten this negative connotation over the years. But truly, the definition of diet is just the foods that you eat, the way of eating. And Mm -hmm. everyone's diet, really, I would love it if it was more individualized and reflective to their lifestyle and their culture and their likes and their dislikes and allergies and tolerances. And, you know, if they have any medical conditions, it's more tailored to that. Like, I would love if everyone kind of ate for them rather than trying to eat to fit the mold of what society is trying to tell us to be and so the word diet the word dietitian even can be quite triggering and because there's just so many people in the field with so many different views it can be you know a little bit confusing i know and i know a lot of people come to me and our team feeling overwhelmed and confused and just not sure how to process all the information they've been kind of given over the years but I hope people I I try to tell people that I'm the dietitian who ironically teaches you how not to diet. So I'll help you create an individual diet based off of your lifestyle, but it's not like this rigid plan. It's not like, oh, do you eat this, don't eat that. It's more so helping people to realize what foods make them feel their best. Um, and when I mean their best, I mean like they feel energized, they feel confident. Um, and they have a their health have a healthy body like a physical body, but also so that their mental health isn't compromised. So in diet culture, a lot of people go out to what they think health is is like a lower number on the scale or um, the leanest that they can possibly be, and that could be a goal for some. But for the majority of people that we work with, it's more so just helping people be able to live their life and to have that healthy body. Um, Well, but also without it feeling like they're obsessing over food, or they need to weigh and measure everything, or they, you know, don't know how to navigate any social situations or ordering in food or going out to eat, you know, so um, we really, the way we define health as a team is helping people to get to a place of not just achieving physical health, but also in effort to support their mental health and how, and Mm -hmm. kind of. Overall wellness, I would say, per se, rather than like just focusing on the physical aspects.
0: Yeah. And I think they're so connected too, because you can even look to like before, let's say like someone working with you, they, their body doesn't feel good and it obviously affects their mental health too. And then right. obviously there's the other part of when you're obsessed with food and how you're eating and stuff like that's just such a stressor and anxiety and obsession for your mental health and I just think they are so connected as someone that deals with mental health you know I've I mean I've tr- tried maybe just like fads and stuff like that and I I do I love taking care of my body and overall wellness and I feel like in the past year especially with starting to cook more at home and follow more Instagram accounts I do feel like I've genuinely been learning so much about how to just be more compassionate with myself and make sure that I'm not being obsessed And that I'm figuring out what makes, what foods and stuff make me feel good because I want, it's for my brain, you know, like I just, I want to just feel okay and I want to feel good. It's not because I want to look a certain way. It's because I just feel like shit when I eat like shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like a no brainer. And I think that it kind of reminds me of your Instagram. You said like trends to leave in uh, 2021 or things not to do in 2022. And one of them was that kind of one size fits all program. So can you like explain a little bit more about that? Because I know that also like Keto was kind of on an Instagram post too about things to leave in 2021. And I want to hear like your perspective on that. Um, because obviously people are always looking for something that works for them and a quick fix. So like, how do you kind of define like what to leave and not focus on in this new year?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would say the the biggest red flags are things that tell you to cut out an entire food group. So the Mm. ketogenic diet is one of them. It'll tell you to basically eat the most minimal amount of carbohydrates, but carbohydrates are necessary for their body. It's our preferred fuel source, especially if you're active, you need carbs. We want to try to incorporate more of the complex carbohydrates to the ones that have more dietary fiber, because that's going to help with your gut and help with bowel movements. Um, And overall, it will help with with managing blood sugars and preventing things like high cholesterol. So there's a lot of health promoting carbs that are essential actually in a diet. So to neglect them, Um, You're only going to suffer when it comes to, especially your mental health, your brain loves carbs. The reason Mm. why the ketogenic diet was even created was actually it's for children or anyone really who has epilepsy, but most people who have epilepsy are diagnosed when they're children. And so the ketogenic diet is literally a way to not give their brain fuel source so that they don't have an epileptic experience. And so it's literally what, so registered dietitians are trained to do is what we do. It's called medical nutrition therapy. We can prescribe a nutrition regimen based off of a medical diagnosis. And so in a hospital setting, if someone comes in and they had a seizure, they will be put on a ketogenic diet protocol temporarily or long-term depending on their you know, experience. But what happens in today's diet culture society is, like, they'll read a couple studies, they'll take something that's for, that's a study that's for children with epilepsy, somehow then try to apply it to real world application, and forgetting that that's not necessary, nor helpful or beneficial in the long run, right? So, To answer your original question, anything that is going to tell you to exclude a whole food group, we need carbohydrates, we need protein, and we need fat. Those are your three macronutrients. There are healthier sources from each of those groups, Mm. so we want to consume the you know the whole grains um the high fiber carbs most often doesn't have to be perfect you know the lean proteins most often and the healthier fats like meaning the ones that are um, coming from a plant so like olive oil avocado nuts and seeds that sort of stuff most often but we never want to just go without a whole food group because our bodies need it they're called macronutrients for a reason they need them in large quantities so although the body is like really great at putting you in survival mode to like releasing ketones and all that stuff it's a survival mechanism it is not your body's way of wanting to thrive in that way so that's like a big big red flag anything that tells you like you have to drink this shake you have to have this Mm. protein bar you have to count your macros you anything that's like it's this way or no way that one size fits all approach it's not going to be sustainable. One thing I talk about actually I just released a book it's called Once Upon a Diet and yes. maybe we'll get a chance to chat a little bit later about that. But um the whole premise of what I talk about is all about how to be more introspective, ask the right questions and use these if you are going to do a fad diet, if you are going to sign up for something that tells you to like, you know, eat this meal today and this meal tomorrow and whatever and it's like super rigid, then Pay attention to how your body feels. Pay attention to what lessons did you learn. So if maybe you used to do a lot of takeout and now you have been cooking from home, that doesn't mean you need to follow this rigid meal plan directly, but it could you could have learned that actually when you cook from home more, you actually feel better on the foods that you prepare, you're in charge of. And so rather than having to follow this rigid meal plan, maybe the lesson there is, is that doesn't mean you never eat out but maybe you cook from home more and you eat out a little bit less, right? You know what I mean? So you can be in charge and like get better in the kitchen and all that stuff. So a lot of, I would say the things to kind of leave behind are those things that like anything like sort of a requirement, um, especially if it includes like foods that you're allergic to or, you know, maybe highly sensitive to. um, But then on the flip side, you might be following a, a plan or a program that tells you to be you know, gluten free, dairy free, soy free, like all these things, but your body actually doesn't have any ailments or reasons to follow that. So unless you have some signs and symptoms or a medical diagnosis that would warrant you needing to restrict certain foods like that, um, just be, be cautious of that. So at the end of the day, you need to figure out what works best for you. Um, but anything you do temporarily will only produce temporary results. So keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because I always remember, even from when I think I was like 20 or 21 and I'm 27 now, I remember someone being like, oh, I got gluten-free crackers for the cheese board because like, they're better for you. And I, in that moment, I literally looked at her and said, we are not allergic to gluten, so yeah. it, it's, it's not like it, it's not like yeah. eating celery. Like it's still a cracker; yeah. it just doesn't have yeah. gluten for the people that are intolerant or sensitive Correct. to gluten. And so, like I've been aware of that for definitely a really long time. And I, you know, I don't really say it to people anymore because everyone loves being gluten free. But you know, I've gotten my food sensitivities done, and I, I kind of know I definitely need to get it redone because it was, you know, one of those things where I feel like when I kind of took out some of the stuff that I was sensitive to. Once I reintroduced them, like a while later, I would like had a better time with them. So I don't know, like I don't know if that is real, if like if your body can change like that.
1: Yeah. So, so if you're if you want if hmm, so, this can be a little tricky. But basically, if you have um like something going on in your gut where there's maybe like an imbalance oh, of the healthy bacteria versus the less uh, I had that you know not healthy bacteria, and then you heal your gut. Sometimes that's the thing, like. That's where, like, if you remove those foods, you're still not getting to the root of what's going on. Like Mm. what's actually, they don't cause you to have those signs and symptoms. It's if you have something going on, they will aggravate it to produce more of those signs and symptoms. So sometimes if you take a break from it and you do whatever healing you need to do on the inside, then you might be able to reintroduce those foods later on. Mm. And that's where if you have any allergies or if you have any food sensitivities, I highly recommend working with a nutrition professional registered dietitian, a functional dietitian, because they're specialized in this. And that way you don't, what a lot of people do is they will strict all these certain, all these foods, and then they never reintroduce them. And now they're Mm. limited to, they don't know, they don't have variety in their diet, which also can mess up your gut. Um, They have that obsession in their head and it's very rigid. So it's not necessarily like following a diet. It's just their diet in per se is just like super rigid. Um, and then that, you know, it's harder to get results or keep the results and, um, or it might lead to like overconsumption or like binge eating or emotional eating because you're not physically satisfied because you're not getting enough of your body's needs.
0: Um, there's a lot of things that can happen as a result of that. That's so interesting. When I did get the blood work done, they also did like something in my gut, like TMI with my stool. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. you have way too much bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria, but we won't talk about my stool. I swear. I just, you know, wanted to let no, you it's know okay. I'm idea. a dietitian. We talk about people <laughs> a lot. It tells
1: right. you a lot. Like, do you know how many people come into our program, like barely having a bowel movement? I, like they like have maybe one or like you need guys, anybody who's listening, Having healthy bowel movements, it means that you have a bowel movement once to two times a day.
0: Okay. Full we once. were just Snapchatting me and my best friends about this. I swear <laughs> to God, like two days ago. And we've been like sending each other updates, just like cracking up because my friend was like, we... <laughs> there was like a time where like I didn't poop for a few days. Oh my God, this is so bad. I really hope like my boyfriend's not listening to this. I didn't go to the bathroom <laughs> for a couple days. And then like we figured it out. My best friend's like a nurse. And I was able to go to the bathroom, my friend was dealing with it. And my one best friend was like, I only poop once a week. And I was just like, you only poop once a week, like that doesn't feel right. And she was like, Yeah, but like, when I do, I, I poop a bunch during the day.
1: Yeah, and I was wrong.
0: like, we're not like that old that our metabolism should be drastically slow. Like, am I wrong? Like, can no, I snatch not. up my friends after this and be like, you need to no. look into your shit. Yeah, really? no, we, we can tell her, I will help her. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that's, yeah.
1: Like some people like they're, that's like, they're, they've always been that way their whole lives. Right. But, so, but even so I, I, you could even argue that there are some lifestyle changes that can be made Um, drinking more water, eating more fruits and veggies, um, getting more movement, um, exploring if there's any like allergies or sensitivities or whatever. Like there's a lot that can be done to maybe even if we get her to, have a bowel movement twice a week instead of once a week. she probably right. feel much better. I can't even imagine walking oh, around same. feeling constipated like same. that. for. Like, I would... I would, I would know. Oh, I
0: just don't. Literally, think I could when do I life. didn't go, when I didn't go to the bathroom for a couple of days, and then we'll move on from poop. Like I was beside myself. Yeah. Not only did your I think food. I was, I, not only did I think I was dying, but I was also like in so much like cramps in my stomach, and I was Loaded. just texting yeah. my friend, and I was like, "What do I do? What do I do?" I did before she texted me back. I did the opposite of what she wanted me to do. She was like, "Take gas sex, and like you know eat some fruit, go on a walk." And I had already taken like Smooth Move and Magnesium. So I then um, was in the worst pain on the toilet the next day, but that's neither here nor there. I do. I know you mentioned like obsessing over food and like a little bit of disordered eating. And before we get into the difference, because I am really curious of disordered eating versus eating disorders, I know that you obviously didn't become a nutritionist overnight and you talked about your personal story. And I assume that once upon a diet maybe has something to do with that, which is your book. So tell me kind Mm of what I can expect from that too, for people that, you know, are avid readers like me and love kind of soaking in all that info. Ah,
1: okay. Well, so one thing that I didn't share that is a heavy in the book is actually, so my obsession over losing weight was also tied to my obsession of getting a boyfriend. And because ah. I was overweight, so that's why it's called Once Upon a Diet. Like lots of like, the, there's a lot of like fairy tale and you know relationship. It's a par- basically the comparison between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships, and how we treat them the same. Mm. Because if um, you grew up overweight like I did, then you would know that boys didn't pay attention to you. You never got asked to prom. You know, my first boyfriend wasn't until college. Um, so I never really had experience because. I never got the attention and then I had lost the weight and then the attention came flooding in. So Mm. this idea that your weight is attached to your worth is we're, we're almost, we're just like born into it, right? It's the movies that we see, you know, we think about Disney movies, every Disney princess has the same hourglass figure. So they are the people who are finding love. You never see someone in a bigger body getting, you know, the person that they want, or they only get them after they change their entire appearance. Right. And so those were the messages we're getting fed from a very young age. Whereas I also grew up in, um, unfortunately, I got like comments from family members that if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend as if that was like the epitome of life is like, you know, I'm Greek and Italian. Right. So it's like, you know, like that makes you're successful if you get married, like yeah, literally. Um, So, so basically like, so directly like that. And then I actually, in my younger ages, actually, even up to, I would say, I think the, the the bullying stopped maybe in the, after the ninth grade, probably like the ninth grade, but, um, from like, or as early as I can remember, like maybe the second grade up till the ninth grade, like at least one episode a year where I was told by, um, uh, often a boy, um, about my size. And, um, who was I called? I was called the, like, f-bombs but like with the word fat in front of it like just terrible things so all I have to say I really carried that with me for a really long time and then even I had lost even after I lost the weight I still never felt like I was enough I never felt like the weight loss was enough I never felt like that um I was enough And so I would settle in relationships and I would go from one relationship to the other relationship and, but they would be long ones. So it'd be like two years with one guy and then I'd take a break and then two years with another guy and then I'd take a break. And it just was this pattern. I noticed this pattern and it was just, I kept dating like about five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face and basically realized that, oh my God, women do this with diets. They go from one diet to the other diet, to the other diet, and they all have this basic theme of restriction Um, But it's technically a different diet in a different book, but it's like the same thing. And they're never learning a lesson. So I never learned my lesson. Like I just kept going for guys that were just didn't appreciate my time and energy. um, Weren't good fits for me. Um, But because I had this fear of rejection and this fear of potentially finding someone, I just wanted so badly to make it work. Mm -hmm. Right. So the disordered eating can come in multiple forms but in my book I talk about how we have people who are bouncers or planters I'm a planter so I'm someone that like when things don't work out I will try it try it try it again the same way though like I'm not trying new Um. ways I'm just like trying to make it work I'm like trying to fit like the square peg fit into the round hole and so I would be in these relationships for these like two year stretches, but I should have broken up with them when the red flags were popping up in the honeymoon phase. Like, you know, like yep. <laughs> I like yep. really like, it was just like such, it was, I shouldn't have stayed in it. And then there were situations where kind of what I just described before about like being gluten-free and dairy-free. I went down that path for weight loss reasons. At first, I, at one point I, I was vegetarian in college, then I became a vegan, then I was a gluten-free vegan, all with hopes of to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And it was very restrictive, very rigid. I just made it harder for myself and harder for myself and harder for myself, hoping that it would eventually work. And I was ignoring all of the red flags. I was low in energy, um, lots of bloating, um, just not feeling well, hungry all the time, all that stuff. And so that's where that's disordered eating. It's because you're you will like almost do everything and anything to yield a specific outcome without realizing that it's actually not helping your mental health Mm -hmm. um, or your physical health for that matter. Cause you're only focused on the number on the scale and the number on the scale is not the main thing. And then, where we have then we have like bouncers who they'll do you know keto for a a week and then they'll stop it then they'll do um, intermittent fasting for a week and then they'll stop it then they'll do and not it's not those methods are terrible by the way like they're not going to be sustainable so it's not their fault but they also don't give it enough of an try to actually learn the lesson like why didn't it work you know Um. you know what i mean so a lot of people either like you know, in the honeymoon phase, they're, they're like always trying to relive that honeymoon phase. So, if they're a bouncer, they're going to be going from like one diet to the next diet to the next diet. But the second it stops working, they bounce. When really, if they would just kind of maybe make some tweaks and make those modifications and not follow it to a T, but kind of learn how to individualize it to them, they might be able to make progress. Right. And so, um, that's kind of what I talk about in my book. And then, kind of, just to kind of answer your question here, um, you can be a disordered, you could have disordered eating in either case, but it's really prevalent. It's not an eating disorder because there's certain criteria that one would need to kind of fall into. But I feel like we live in a society that promotes disordered eating behaviors regularly. Um, and so it's is important that like to know that they're not, it's not healthy either.
0: <laughs> so is like disordered eating behaviors kind of like things like restriction or. I mean, I wouldn't even know what else to say, because like I I didn't really until I saw like your Instagram and learned more about you, I didn't really think of it be like I knew that there was obviously like a difference of like you can have like eating issues without having an eating disorder. But I never really thought of just like disordered eating versus eating disorder. You know, because I think one is so intense and I know so many people that have struggled with serious eating disorders that I think if you don't struggle with that, you're like, oh, well, then I don't have a problem. But I feel like right. there are some really common problems.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. They're, they're, it's Sometimes it's hard to tell because a lot of mm-hmm. eating disorders, the criteria will be they'll use like the number on the scale, like the BMI mm-hmm. um, as a way to determine if it's like problematic or not. But you could have eating behaviors in a bigger body that represents someone who is like purposely restricting their food. Um an eating disorder could also be binge eating and you don't need to necessarily purge afterwards. You can choose purge purging can be in many forms. It can be through excessive exercise, it could be through laxatives, it could be through self-induced vomiting. Um, and there are some people that just engage in those particular behaviors and there's some that do binge and purge. There's some people who do, um, then extreme restriction as almost as like their form of purging as well. And I apologize if this is triggering for
0: anyone, but it is, yeah. I was just writing down the, I'm not to cut you off, but just, yeah. you know, I am writing down the timestamp, so I'll, i add it in a trigger. Word, okay. But thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, but um, basically disordered eating is basically can have like some of the categories that would classify someone in an eating disorder, but not all of them. So, and often though, if it's not taken care of, if you don't heal someone's relationship with food, if you don't heal their relationship with their body, then after years, it can f- develop into a flow-blown eating disorder. I wrote about that in a section in my book, actually. There was one point in my journey where um, I had tried to do, I got like super lean and then I hit my goal weight. And then I was like, oh, what's five more pounds? Like if I got to here, I can do five more. And then I kept, oh, what's another five? And then what's mm. another five? And I actually got so sick because my body wasn't getting the proper nutrients. I had a bunch of stuff. I was my my diet was so rigid. My gut had a lot of gut stuff happened. Um I had to stop working out because my doctor literally was like you need to you need to stop. And so I talk, I say in the book, like if I wasn't saved by that illness, which at the time I was devastated about because I had to stop exercising and I, you know, had to give up getting, I couldn't be in a calorie deficit, like all these things I had to remove as I, you know, which helped me get to where I was. Um, So, but I see now that that had to happen because Mm -hmm. if it didn't happen, I say it in my book, we'd be reading a different book. Like it'd be full, yeah. uh, full, it'd be, it would have been a full-blown eating disorder at that point.
0: Quick break to talk to you guys about Ritual because gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting enough of their recommended daily intake of omega-3s. Ritual is essential for a woman 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research, you guys, to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health i'm sure you guys are all obsessed with that now as i am bone health blood health and provide antioxidant support but ritual didn't stop there because they're geniuses they invested in a gold standard university led clinical trial to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin the results Essential Woman 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. You guys, a published clinical study is a big deal and a serious commitment to a first of its kind standard in the industry. So if you're kind of love geeking out on stuff like me, that's something to geek out on. They are committed to third party testing from USP and the non-GMO project traceable and vegan friendly ingredients and always have clear communication. No shady stuff. I have been obsessed with Ritual for so long because I am a chaotic human being, especially lately, and I haven't had time to really take a ton of different supplements, vitamins, anything like that. I needed a brand that I knew and I trusted and that had people that loved the same stuff I do, that cared as much as I did, that were as skeptical as I was. I absolutely love Ritual. I love that it tastes pepperminty when you take it. It's so easy to throw in my big never full bag and bring it with me everywhere. It's just amazing. And I love rituals in general. So I love that it's called ritual. Right now, ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash mood and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think too, what I love, one of your key messages too, like even if you like try something like keto or even if, you know, your personal story, I love how you're always focused on like the lesson and the why and the reason that it happened and to take something positive, because I think that a lot of people with food, like it it does feel like a constant failure and it does feel like you're constantly chasing after something. And so reframing that and taking away a lesson and taking away an action and finding your why, I think is a really important message that I really don't see from a lot of kind of food educational accounts like that truly
1: yeah well because i think the that's the one thing that people kind of why they feel they feel like a failure is because number one the methods that they choose they're choosing are not helpful so i use the example of it's like studying your ass off for a math exam and then you sit down and take a science test it's like (laughs) you're gonna fail because you weren't studying the right material it's like you're following these programs and these like these rules that are not going to make you be successful. So it's like literally like a waste of time. So you're not the failure, the diet failed you basically. Um, But also too, just this mindset of I'll follow it and then I'll stop. Well, I said before, and I mean it, anything you do temporarily will only yield temporary results. So right. if you're gonna choose to do something temporarily because you wanna get the lesson and then you, you understand that the weight's gonna come back, fine, but if you are really looking to feel good on a regular basis, um, to have that self-confidence, to be just be able to you know move more and just have a higher quality of life, it's not a temporary thing, this is a lifestyle. And so within a lifestyle, we, we need it to be flexible. Um, we want you to be consistent, you know, and I think that's the mindset that also too, we need to shift. A lot of people are stuck in that all or nothing mentality, but when any, any, in any field without even you talk outside of nutrition, um, you know, it, success comes down to small efforts every day built over time. Yeah. It's yep. not sexy. It's not fun. But like what we help people do is just develop healthier habits so they don't have to think about it anymore. It's just who they are and what they do. In order to create habits, you have to put in the work repeatedly. So it's hard to put in a lot of effort and a lot of work every single day when you have so many other things to worry about. But if we give you small, tangible things to incorporate day by day, week by week, month by month, eventually, you know, six months, eight months, whatever, how long it takes, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I did so much. I made so much progress rather than the all or nothing approach, which is you go hard for like two months, then you're off for four, then you're hard for a month then you're off for four. And then the new year comes around and you're like, oh my God, how am I in the same exact place I was last year?
0: Yeah. I mean, I always say too, it's not necessarily easy, but it can be very simple, you know, exactly. and it's not, it's yeah. like, that's the difference, right? It's like, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it is simple. And yes. I think that's what we forget. And I love that you are focused on small steps every day. Cause I, like you said, I think that applies to every single thing in your life, every single different type of habit. And we did kind of briefly touch on mindset and especially in your personal journey, how besides obviously studying more nutrition and kind of, you know, getting kind of saved by that doctor in a sense of really forcing you to not go down a darker path, how, what were things that you did to alter your mindset and take care of your mental health in this time in conjunction with fitness? And cause you said, you know, you, you didn't feel worthy and you felt like you needed a relationship. And I think as women, like the two thing, we, the two things we feel like really define us are the way we look and if we find love. And so You know, obviously that's a bigger topic, but at least what did you kind of do to shift your mindset and kind of become that better version of yourself that you are today?
1: Yeah, well, you're not wrong. And it's it is it's a big topic that I talk in detail in the book. And I, the main message I want people to get when they read it is that I want them to understand that they can be happy and healthy regardless of the number on the scale and regardless of their relationship status. Yeah. And so that is going to be, you know, pivotal. And the way I was able to do it is I needed to get really clear on what I wanted and what was most important to me. And so it, and it wasn't numerical based. You can't, you have to get out of the numbers. So I realized like, I love, mo- I've always been physically active. Um, Cause I, I always grew up playing sports and I like genuinely I'm, it's and not everybody like loves movement. I like genuinely love to work out. I love lifting weights. I love fitness. I love fitness. It's like one of my favorite things because I just love to see how I can get better and better and better with those small increments over time um so for me though but i don't do it for because of, it'll change my aesthetics i, I do it because i am a happier person when i move my body <laughs> Like, you know and i also got away from the extremes it doesn't need to look like this or be like this i just get check in with like um you know what do i want to do today how do i want to move my body today and sometimes it's a nature walk sometimes it's strength training sometimes it's running um sometimes it's yoga you know i just I just, I know that I'm going to move because it makes me feel good. And then I decide on how I'm going to move based on how I'm feeling, where my body's at. And I've just gotten Mm. really good at being able to listen to my body, which is amazing to say, because for so many years I ignored it. So (laughs) um, that takes time. So I will say that definitely takes time. Um, And then also too, with, when it comes to like food, I really just focused on, you know, how I want to feel like, and I want to feel good. And I actually, I feel better when I eat more nutrient dense foods. At the same time, if I say I can't have this or I never allow myself to have that, I notice that I would always end up binging and Mm. overeating on those foods. And that's what a lot of our clients experience, the same thing. So it's allowing yourself to have what it is that you're craving when you're craving it, but being mindful and knowing that when you have too much of it, you don't feel good anymore. So one of the main things that we teach in the six months of food freedom program, when you work with a dietitian on our team is... All I want you to do is focus on how you want to feel both now and later. If you do that with movement, if you do that with nutrition, if you do that with when it's time to go to bed and you focus on how do I want to feel both now and later, it's going to, you're going to get the answer, right? Um, I don't feel like working out, but I do want to have more energy later. And my day is super busy. And I hate at the end of the night when I realize like, Oh, I didn't move my body today. So I'm just going to do it now because it's going to make me feel better later. I'm going to feel more productive mm. later. Right? So it's like, I'm like really hungry right now. If I don't get something in my belly, I'm gonna overeat later. So I know that I don't wanna overeat later. So I'm gonna la- I'm gonna create some space right now to sit down and have a balanced lunch. And I know that when I have a protein present, it helps me feel full. When I have a whole grain starch present, it's super satiating. And when I have veggies present, I always tend to feel better. So I'm gonna build my plate that way. And I'm gonna make sure I sit to have lunch because when I don't, I end- it ends up being a cabinet re- later. Um, sleep, it could be something as simple as like, I, like, really want to watch this episode right now. You know, um, I don't know. I watch all of the Chicago's. um God, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> I, like, I'm upset. I watch all the FBI's. I watch yeah, all, all the law the, yeah, All the SCUs. <laughs> so, Yeah, everything, everything. Law <laughs> and order, Chicago's, 911. And exactly. It. So it's like, I want to watch the next one, you know, um, but it's 1015. And I, I know that if I don't get to bed by 11 and I got to be up at 630, my day the next day is, is a crappy day. I have more cravings, I'm tired, I'm less likely to do my workout. Um, I like how I feel when I get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. So as much as I really wanna press next episode and put on another, I'm gonna just go to bed because that's, it's gonna make me feel better, right? So that is, I really needed to get away from the numbers on the scale and my body fat percentage and even um, the size of my clothes. I really just started to focus on wearing clothes that i felt most comfortable in um i started focusing on how i felt in my workouts um because when you're not eating enough and you're not fueling for your workouts and working out and fitness is important to me you know i was hitting walls i don't want to feel that way i want to i want to feel like a strong person when i'm working out you know what i mean so that's really where that's how I was able to make that shift. And that's what we encourage people to do in our program as well. It's like we will we'll look at the number on the scale. If that's important to you, we will like look at the numerical things because blood work is important and all of those things. But it's not our main focus. If anything, mm. it becomes a byproduct. If there is weight to lose, it becomes a byproduct of just taking care of yourself better. And when you take care of yourself consistently over time, you will feel better. And because you feel better, you're going to do better. And it's just like a very beautiful domino effect.
0: I love that thought starter of the now and later because it really, I think it really will get some people, especially me of, okay, but let me think of how I'm going to feel later because it's so easy to just be in the now and be like, it's fine, it's fine, I can do it. Um, And I definitely need to sometimes think about the later because yeah, I think it's a great thought interrupter to really interrupt your thoughts in the now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because that, I think- Most people, I'm sure they could agree, struggle with the impulsive decisions. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, I want to help people to be able to be more, um, like, they can eat impulsively and not have guilt about it. At the same time, the best way in which they can do that is to take that quick second to to pause. Take that quick second to check in. It can still be impulsive. You know, it could be like, hey, you want to go get some ice cream? It's like, you still check in. And then you're like, yeah, actually, I... I actually, it would, I would love that eye right now. And then you can kind of decide how much you're going to have or what you're going to have. And, you know, and then that can kind of, you know, make your decision easier.
0: Yeah. And I think it also gives you just like the confidence too, that you did check in. So later you're not like overanalyzing what you did impulsively because you did take that moment to check in. And exactly, that's kind of, I mean, I do that with TV where I'm like, okay, I am going to be tired tomorrow, but I also (laughs) haven't watched like TV alone in like a week and a half. And this is worth it to me right now of having this like one night of like my wild night and so it's not going to a club it's like binge watching tv yeah, so yeah. Least, which is you know totally I mean? fine by the way it's yeah.
1: totally fine it's all about like what, like what's the what is what's the co- like the cost benefit right and you can right. be honest with yourself and kind of choose that um and yeah i totally I'm, especially on the weekends it's like i mean what else do you do nowadays that's like what i, I might <laughs> go pleasure but um during the week like you could easily you that's a habit that if you're not mindful of can easily turn into now like oh my god now i'm seeing 1am you know like now it's like yeah an, you know when issue. is it yeah. yeah so and that's like anything like there's nothing that's technically good or bad it's all what's your intention behind it how often are you doing it and how is it affecting your goals
0: Mm, I love that. I really do love that. It's almost like a good journal entry too. I did yes. want to ask you. um, You mentioned that like being on the Dr. Oz show like changed a lot for you. What did it change? So okay, Um,
1: I'm not a huge. I love him, but I don't love him. Like I'm not a huge fan of Dr. Oz. I love him in the fact that he allowed me on his show. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> that's, why, that's why I kind of wanted to get. You no, know, I wanted
0: to get the tea.
1: Yeah. So I in college when i started tips with tony i actually remember thinking i want my own talk show one day like when i so that's why i started on youtube ironically it's, it's the social media platform i use the absolute least all it does all like the only <laughs> thing is like my podcast episodes like re, like automatically up to that but i don't like actively do anything with it right um but i i did say i was going to do that for 2022 but i think it's going to be like the later half of 2022 obviously but t- a talk show is something that i've always wanted um, and I have just been blogging and vlogging for so many years that i also i kind of like got caught up in like just doing other things, but then being on the show reminded me like I need to do this like I got like mm. behind the scenes I got to i was on it actually a couple of times, and so I got to really experience it in a way that I mean if I were to have a show this is like the, this is how it would run, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. um but the other reason why i really want a talk show is because obviously like the messages that come from dr oz are hit or miss and yeah not always accurate and um just clearly you know there's a like maybe a money incentive or something behind it right and like i just want to create it just reminded me that like when I do this, it's going to be the most authentic thing I've ever done. And I'm only going to bring on experts that I trust very similar to like my podcast, but um, it just really, it just moved the needle for me. It just reminded me that like dietitians need a platform um, as big as like doctors do. And because we are actually the nutrition experts in the field. So it's like, let them talk about doctor stuff, but like let us talk about nutrition stuff.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, because you do think that like, oh, you know, you're a doctor. What should I be eating? And it's like, I wouldn't ask like my gynecologist for nutrition tips necessarily. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it 100%. And I I did want to ask you too, just about a couple more trends for leaving in 2021, not doing in 2022. Um, what, why chlorophyll water? To leave. We don't want to take Yeah. That. Yeah. Why? Well, just because I think a
1: lot of people take it. First of all, you can just eat green vegetables and get okay. the same amount of chlor- chlorophyll that you would. Um, there's like chlorophyll is great, but like there's so many other uh, antioxidants and phytochemicals that are just like naturally in fruits and vegetables that you don't need to take this like special drink. It's just, it's kind of like just like a waste pretty much. Okay. So it's not like you can bring it in if you like it, but if you're drinking it, it's just thinking it's going to like it replaces you eating your vegetables. And that you think it's, like, this magical solution, then I would just leave it. You know what I mean? But okay, that's where okay. it's, like, there's just certain trends and fads that I, um like, I think are, ha- like, have this, like, on this pedestal and, like, have this hype about them.
0: That is there are just, anything like, else necessary. that, is there any other ones I was going to ask you, like, similar to something like chlorophyll that you're, like, you don't need to be doing that if you're just eating whole foods?
1: I mean, I'm sure there's so many, I mean, like, like multivitamin gummies and stuff like that. Um, oh, you just eat fruits and veggies <laughs> Yeah, unless you have like a deficiency or something.
0: Um, right. Well, because I feel like, too, <sighs> when I, I'm taking like a supplement or a multivitamin, I think that part of me is like I live a really busy life and I'm not like always perfect at eating and stuff. So I I don't necessarily like know what I'm deficient in, but I know that I'm not getting a lot of what I should be getting so th- mm-hmm. like not that I'm like perfect with my um, with a multivitamin or a supplement or anything but that has always kind of been my thought process of like well there's no way I'm getting enough I don't su- something so, right I should clarify like a multivitamin is fine it's and especially if like you're
1: 50 or older for a 50 year older women or even like the elderly it's completely different. Um, but like what I'm more talking about is like the the fruit and veggie gummies. they like um, there's a lot of companies that like claim that like it's like, oh, get ones. your get your fruit and veggies in like a pill basically it's like, no, you need yeah. to eat your fruits and vegetables. so you can take a multivitamin supplement almost like as a security blanket, but right. research continues to show over and over again that your body your body is gonna utilize the nutrients from food the most. There are certain supplements that you might want to they're a supplement so you you have them just in case like you said if you live a busy life or for example if you're not if you don't love fish um fish eating fish mm. two to three times a week is going to be rich a fatty fish is going to be rich in omega-3s which is good for inflammation to help kind of counter any inflammation in the body but maybe you don't like fish or maybe you don't prepare it or maybe you don't eat it that frequently so or, or maybe do like a, hot, a lot of high intensity training which can cause inflammation then something like uh, an omega-3 supplement would be something that i would recommend but i think a lot of people are just like taking a bunch of supplements and just hoping it's going to work but your supplements are necessary can be necessary depending on the person but also need to be targeted and they also need to be a quality source because supplements aren't regulated by the fda unless like something bad happens (laughs) like then they'll snoop in but it's almost like but there's a lot of supplements that can just say like oh, this has 10,000 IUs of vitamin D, but it doesn't actually have 10,000 IUs of vitamin.
0: I've definitely learned a lot about that through just like different podcasts and Instagram, which is like I why I love people like you just putting stuff out there where I'm like able to think more critically about just the health and wellness space. It's so funny. Like while you're talking, I realized yeah. I'm sitting here with um, collagen peptide powder. What is your um, thoughts on collagen? So so that's fine if you wanted to, if you needed like
1: an extra boost, if you, especially if you're not like a big um animal, if you don't eat a lot of animal protein, collagen is naturally in animal protein. So if you mm-hmm. eat enough protein in a day, um, and that's going to be based on your individual needs, but let's say you have like 20 to 30 grams of protein at every meal of, of an animal based source, you're probably fine and you don't technically need it. But it's also not going to hurt you to take it. And then I'm not sure, like... Definitely, like, going back to kind of those people are doing more high-intensity training or more on yeah. the athletic side. Um, it can be beneficial. There is, like, it's still emerging research, so I'm a little cautious in saying, like, exact amount and dosage and all that stuff. But um, collagen peptides, do you do the vital proteins?
0: Well, what's, so what's I brand? do vital proteins, but I will say that this is my boyfriend's, and he does high-intensity physical activity. So that's why he takes it. So like oh, okay. no, but the be, br- I'm
1: just saying the brand vital proteins, like a oh. brand. Like there's certain brands that and it's hydrolyzed, yes. so that's
0: good. And then he drinks beetroot powder in his water.
1: Yeah, so that actually is great for is he athletic? Beyond. Does, okay, yeah. I, I especially think that's for an runners. Yes. Yeah. So that's where supplementation is also great for people who either could be like expending a lot of calories or doing a lot of like strength training or high intensity, you know, it depends on the amount, um, but that's where it could be harder to get through food. So that's where saying sometimes like a protein, like like protein
0: like I don't need to be using his beetroot powder because like, I'm not an athlete.
1: Yeah, you don't necessarily need, but I mean, so that's a different, like that, like it's like, or eat beets, you know what I mean? Like that would be just fine. But like something like that's not going to hurt you. You might not technically need it, but it's also not going to hurt you. And it's like, that's like a nutritious ad that I wouldn't like that's
0: cool. Like, I wouldn't be upset about that. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be mad at me if I was drinking <laughs> beetroot powder in my water every morning, but you'd be like, Lauren, you're not a professional athlete. Like you probably no. <laughs> like, don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Like, so, but it's, but that would be, that would be fine. That's not like that for whatever reason, I don't know why, I guess, cause there's more data and research to show the benefits of something like Powder, especially any, if we have any runners listening, it's really great for runners. Um, and especially for women when menstruate, when menstruating. Um, oh. So that might be a good example, but you might actually prefer to have the actual beat itself.
0: Mm.
1: Don't be Why afraid of your spread. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, your body just needs to help with like the fluid imbalances and a lot of the the glass and the bloating. Um, it can act almost like as a diuretic. That's where if you have the actual beat itself, The powder itself is Mm -hmm. more for when you, the more you pound on the pavement, uh, you can release some iron and some nutrients. And so that's where that beet powder can be beneficial to um, put in when you're like, if you're a runner.
0: One of the last things I want to ask you too, is kind of just since, you know, we're on the TMI topic and it's not necessarily about menstruating, but just (laughs) like hormonal, like shifts and stuff. I feel like as women, you know, there's so much kind of like unspoken about, like the hormonal changes and everything so how do you kind of deal with that with your clients and just women tips in general you know
1: yeah so one of the things we have our clients do is track their periods um okay we, we basically we just every we'll make sure that every week on before their call they let us know when their last period was so we're kind of up to date and what we start to notice is some trends of like pmsing and cravings which is very normal by the way And you do need a little bit more calories around your period. When you're craving things. you're going to need more carbohydrates. Like your body isn't craving these things for no reason. Mm. Our body has a reason for everything now, but because we feel like we're not allowed to have it or we shouldn't have it, we then overcompensate and have way too much of those things that whatever it is that we're craving. But if we kind of listen and honor and eat balanced and have a little bit more carbs when we're PMSing or have a little bit more chocolate or whatever it is, you're going to be able to get through that a lot easier. Um, But the reason why we have people track their periods is because it is really telling um, if someone's under eating significantly, they might not get their period. Um, If they're, you know, if their diet's a little bit uh, missing certain nutrients that can affect it as well. Um, But also it just helps people to like know too, if the scale is going up or if they're feeling bloated or for me, I call it, for me, I call it period brain. And when I have period brain, I um, see myself like I have body dysmorphia. Like when I look at, I know I can't trust my eyes when I have period brain. So instead of me being upset, which can trigger going back into those rigid eating habits or that disordered eating, I just remind myself, it's like, oh, my period's coming. Like this is my period brain. So like, I can't trust these eyes right now, right? And so we like women to just be observant and just to learn to know their bodies. So that way, instead of fighting against their bodies, they can work with their bodies Mm. and yield better outcomes.
0: Yeah, I I literally, it's so funny because I just downloaded a period tracking app like yesterday, like at this exact time. So it's really interesting because I think also just like the PMSing of it all And it totally plays into food because I'm like, I'm cranky and I don't feel like doing anything. So like, obviously I want to post my Chipotle instead of cooking. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like my period comes four days later and I'm like, oh, but if I actually knew that in the moment and actually tracked it, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I would be living a more balanced life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: And that's where a lot of people, they normally, like if they're not working with us, like before that, they'll go on this, like gung-ho like health kick for like a couple of weeks then they pms then they fall off the wagon and then they they go on this rigid health kick again then they pms they fall off the wagon and they might experience that like every single month for the entire year but if they were more proactive and understood that this is very natural and normal and instead of us going like super rigid when it's over let's just eat balance when it's happening let's eat balance and also too another thing that i teach um during pms is like double down on self care and stress management, like mm. double down because just like during p we're just more irritable um or more sensitive, we are either more tired or we get just stressed out easily like something that normally wouldn't bother you bothers you, so it just means that you might need a little bit more sleep or you might need a like um you know more time maybe creating some space in your morning routine or um you know might you might have to put less on your calendar at work or something like that like just know that about yourself give yourself that grace it's okay your stuff and everything will get accomplished but if you keep trying to work past that point of like exhaustion and just like ignoring that you're feeling super stressed out or you're around triggering people when you're pmsing like you're just setting yourself up for failure yeah so I, love just that. I think it's like
0: that. norm i i love that because it's like normalizing like working with your body around PMSing because we're so we're women. Since we have our monthly that is normal. I it. It's like it's like since it happens every month, there's like the the overachiever part of my brain is never thinks to work with it and stuff. It just thinks get over it, like everyone does this. Like, it's not a good excuse. It's not like you're ill. Like this is something that happens every month, but at the same time it happens every month. So I clearly need to figure out how to manage it better and actually pay attention to it. Because if I look back in the last year, my therapist will literally be like, this, this happens once a month and it's because you're PMSing yet. I never like thought to track it or anything like that. So I think it's just such a good conversation starter and female tip to get out there of mm-hmm. you're going to PMS and you're going to bloat and you're going to feel like shit and you're going to be cranky. So just track it and like figure it out instead of, like you said, pushing through it, working through it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love it. What are some other lastly health goals that are not weight focused to get us into 2022? I love it. So we already talked about cooking from home more. Um, I yes. think that's super powerful. Um, what, what
1: are what what are what are mine's Mine are getting to bed? Uh, But before eleven on weeknights, uh, because I was I was I'm obsessed with TikTok and I could be on that until (laughs) one a.m. Like it's crazy. Um, So it's like phone away by um, I don't know, like the phone. It's not like whatever. So bed bed by eleven, basically. Um, So and that's obviously dependent on someone's schedule and what time they have to wake up the next day and all that stuff. But it could be. going on more walks it could be creating a morning routine uh where maybe you do some like journaling or meditating um it could be um learning to be a learning to lift weights um becoming a runner i don't know it could what else could we focus on drinking more water um what else what else um um, it's like it, and it'd be something habits. small though. It'd be like, a, it's like you're committing to, you know, praying every day. Um, but mm. like for t- five minutes or something like that, or you're committing to, um, like you're creating a non-negotiable that, um, it could even be like going on date night with your spouse or your partner or something like that, like Fridays or date nights or something like that, because you're caring about your relationships. And when you notice that you're happier in your relationship, you tend to, take care of yourself better or something like that. It doesn't always have to yeah. be directly like nutrition focused.
0: That's right. why I
1: was talking it's, before, it's more like well your well being, your wellness, and they all play
0: into each other. I mean, it's dare I say to my listeners, they know it's a mood booster. Yeah. And it's <laughs> It's all related. And I think, too, when you make those small little things, once you actually commit to them and do it, you're so proud of yourself and you're like, wait, I actually did this. Maybe I could do something else. And that's kind of, you know, the small steps that you're really focused on and helping other women, people focused on. So if people want to learn more from you and work with you, read your stuff, where can they find you and follow you?
1: Yeah, so um, on um, I am on. I was gonna say I'm on Amazon. The book is on Amazon. Once Upon a Diet is on Amazon. <laughs> There's a paperback version, a uh, Kindle or ebook version, and also a audio version. And I am at very active on Instagram at Tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. I also have a Tips with Tony podcast. And if you're interested in working with a dietitian on our team. You can go to tipswithtonycom slash courses, or if you want something a little bit, I'm sorry, that slash coaching. So go to the coaching tab on my website, Tips with Tony. Um, but if you want something a little bit where you're not, you're like, I don't know if I need one-to-one attention, but I just kind of want to like learn a little bit more about nutrition and like how to get started. Then I have a courses uh, called the Healthy Living Foundations course, which you can get at tipswithtonycom slash courses.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Tony. And I can't wait to get even more tips from you and just thank you for being on mood. Ah, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. You can follow us on Instagram. Obviously. What do you think? What do you think it is? Take a wild guess. It's at mood with Lauren Elizabeth. We have so many mood boosters, so many amazing quotes. If you just want your mood constantly boosted throughout the day, all week long, make sure you follow on Instagram. You can shop the merch at shoplorinelizabeth.com. If you want to join the private group of all the girly girls chatting it up as well, the Geneva link is in the show notes and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.